son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I am so excited that you joined us today because my special guest is Blake Bogey. Bogies. Bogies. Good Lord. <laughs> I right. ask him, you know, go back to a bunch of my podcasts and you'll find that I ask people how to pronounce it and then I can't pronounce it when I do it. It's just crazy. I probably shouldn't do it. But anyway, Bogies. Blake Bogies. We will have his contact information in the show notes so that you won't mess it up since I messed it up. So, Blake, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. So, let me tell you how we met. We were both at Mile High Mastermind in, what was it? Was it September? I think I was on- Yep, September. And I was getting sick at the end of that, so- that's why I was, <laughs> I can't remember exactly when it was, but we were both attending Mile High Mastermind in Denver. And I don't know, did you speak? I can't remember. Maybe you spoke after I left because I left. No, I, I didn't speak. I was just a guest, guest of Adams. Yeah. So yeah, I was just there. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was speaking and we got to chatting, you know, in one of the breaks and I said, gosh, Blake, I really want to have you on the show. And so one of the reasons, so let me tell you a little bit about Blake and then you can just tell us more about yourself, but he's a UVA grad, which is for those of you who don't know what UVA is, it's the University of Virginia. In Richmond, it was founded by one of our founding fathers, which was, I can't remember his name. How come I just had a brain fade on this? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, for goodness sake. I know this because I sent my money there <laughs> for my son. And so I love that. I love, you know, UVA is just a very, very nice school. And he's been in the lending business for just three years, but there's a story behind all this that he's going to share with you. And I wanted to bring him on to talk about one of his niches that he has in the business. And we'll talk about all kinds of things as well. But Blake, why don't you share with us a little bit about your history? Because I, you know, I recall telling you to tell people that you've been in the business for 32 years. Yeah. From the womb. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> that's what my son used to say. I'm in the business, however old I was, you know, I've been, been or how yeah. old he is. I've been in the business for 27 years from the womb because he, he has always been in the business. So share with us a little bit about your history and your family and how you got into the business and, you know, we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. So native of Virginia, uh, Richmond area, more or less. And like you said, growing up, my dad has been in real estate. He was more on building development side, real estate side. In, I guess, early, mid-2000s, my mother, she had a career change. The company she worked for for a while moved to Florida. And then there was a period of time she didn't work. And then she found mortgages. And my aunt was in the business. And a cousin was in the business. And she started working with them in the mid-2000s and kind of really rode the wave very big up. And 
I was in college at the time when everything crashed. So, you know, mortgages weren't a thing you were going to get into in that industry. And really, it was just tough kind of sledding for everybody. Graduated in 2009. Yeah. Found a, like a local job in Richmond that was a good opportunity, but it wasn't really what UVA had trained us for, which was like big high-end finance, consulting jobs. And that took me to Houston, Texas. I had a cousin who was trading energy down there for a big hedge fund. And there was a broker shop that was basically kind of old school matching electricity and natural gas deals up over the phone and over instant right. message. And that was a interesting career in that it really allowed me to really develop the customer service skills, the relationships, the account management. And then it taught me how to be fast. Speed solved everything in that business. I mean, yeah. speed mattered. And you're only as fast as you could type and email and talk. I did that for a couple of years, but grew tired of being in Texas. My family's in Virginia and my wife was from this area. And so I sat down one day and I had a coach down there and I started making a list of what could I do in Virginia that would be what I wanted to do in my field and what interests me. And the number one thing was like mortgage lender back with my mom. So yeah. we had some details and I came back and started that in 2016. So I started working with my mom in the mortgage business in September 15, 2016. I closed my first deal. I remember it. It was like $80,000 and I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> and it was a VA loan that somebody else had uh, had messed up and it came to us through the listing agent. And so that's been my career in the business. And that's how I kind of got here. Knowing what I know now, I wish I would have got into it in 2009 or 10, right when I graduated college and had, you know, kind of ridden that wave when mortgages weren't nearly as popular and it was a tough industry then. Um, but in that time, in the three years I've done this, I've I've really grown to learn the business. I feel like it's a career for myself now. It's not really a job that I've had in the past. Right, and uh, right. I've had some, a lot of success kind of really being focused on just one or two things that I wanted to be good at. Everybody can do everything in this business. We all have a lot of products. We all have you know great rates. We all have them, whatever. And so I wanted to be very specific on a couple of things. And like with the real estate agents I work with, I wanted to get really deep in those relationships. That's how my business was in Texas. I don't want to necessarily work with 50 people and only know them a little well. I want to have five people that are my, my friends yeah, that are realtor referral partners. And I've had some of those kind of channel accounts that aren't realtors as well, financial planners, corporate bankers, lawyers. And they're like, they're your friends that also have business relationships. And then I wanted to be known in our marketplace for VA loans. So I got in, kind of had that first taste. My mom had always done a lot of VA loans. And I had one man, this is a great industry. I really started researching a lot about VA loans. I found some groups on Facebook and I became a certified instructor with an organization and I started teaching classes and sort of perception became reality. I told everybody, you know, that this is what I wanted to do and I started hosting. And the next thing you know, I started getting a lot more VA referrals and that business has really blossomed for me. So that's that's been a huge focus of mine. Love that. Yeah, I love years. that. And, you know, and the profit margins are really good for the company, right? I mean, if, unless you're yeah. acting as a broker. So now are you a broker? Or are you a course? Yeah, model? I'm a broker now. Okay. Yeah, I'm a broker so margins, now. Yeah. Yeah. Broker world is completely different. So that's something new for me. When I mm -hmm. was with my mom, we were in a retail operation. And, you know, I never really thought about that necessarily. Now I know a lot more than I did then, but that wasn't really any reason behind it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I used to own my own company for many, many, many yeah. years, you know, and I was a broker and I absolutely loved it. And thankfully, I got out before the crunch, not knowing the crunch was yeah. coming. It was a whole different reason than I got out. But, you know, and I think what's really great for you is that year to date, you're doing really, really well for someone who's been in the business for three years. I mean, that's yeah. you know, compared to, and quite frankly, even better than some people who've been in the business for a long time. They're doing really, really well. So 
Thank Congratulations you. on that. So let's talk about your niche. Let's go a little bit deeper into not VA loans, because obviously those that are listening know about VA loans. We don't need to know about that. But why did you decide to go into a niche when so many people, and I would say, you know, so many new people in the industry try to get every kind of deal that they possibly can. You know, they, yeah. they just want a living, breathing deal, good, bad, and ugly. They want it. They want the opportunity to take a shot at it. It seems just very different that someone who's brand new in the business decides to take on a niche that quickly. And I love that you did because I believe in niching to grow rich. I believe in niches. I had niches when I was a lender and, and one of them was VA. Um, yeah. But, you know, what made you decide to take on a niche given the competition that's out there right now? Yeah, very interesting. I don't think I necessarily decided that that was going to be the beginning. I will, you know, I'm still taking, you know, deals that aren't VA, of course. Yeah. But when I got into, I found some people on Facebook, honestly, they're in the mortgage business and they all kind of came through some digital advertisers that, you know, had used the right keyword search and got us all into a certain place. And I would have these nights where you can't sleep and you're in a new business, you're not really making any money. And I've been commission only since 2012. I rode the wave, but you know, you're sitting there thinking, and I would get on these Facebook groups and I start scrolling. And there's so much information about not just guidelines, which most loan officers do a terrible job of understanding themselves. So not just guidelines, but like how to run the business, how to market, how to sales talk, you know, all of these things. I started consuming so much information that I was like, there's no way I could ever be the expert on all of these things. Right. And I didn't think, yeah, and so I didn't think that the 800 credit score conventional borrower that had a ton of options and I thought I was in a a place that I wasn't really sure if my rates were the best. I lost a couple of those customers in the very beginning that, you know, I'd already kind of thought of my commission check and then they shot me at the end and I lose a deal. I didn't think that, I didn't want to be my niche there. And I didn't want to be the first time home buyer guy and I started to really think deeply about what would you do. And I listened to, I don't know, I listened to some podcast or YouTube video that talked about like, who is your perfect customer? And what's your perfect customer's perfect day look like? And I started thinking about that. And it was the, you know, 38-year-old active duty guy who got PCS to Fort Lee, who's in my you know, local town. And he's retiring and he wants to keep his family here. I'm like, that's my perfect customer. And I started to research the VA market and realized Virginia has the fourth highest number of veterans of all states. One out of eight people over the age of 18 in the state of Virginia is a veteran or active duty. We have like over 100,000 women veterans in the state. So like you start looking at the demographics of where you are yeah. and you're like, I think this is where I could be very successful in it. And then started getting these deals. I started noticing the deals coming through the office that are turned down from other big companies or big mortgage, VA mortgage companies. And you're like, there's a huge niche where people are doing a really bad job. Yeah. And we can just do a, you know, a decent job and we'll be so much better than everybody else. We do a great job. We're going to blow the lid off the thing. And it happened to be VA loan. So it kind of, kind of came about a little organically through my thought process, but I got there pretty quick. Like it didn't take yeah. me long to realize this. It was like a couple yeah. of months. I'm like, okay, I'm all yes. in. Well, yeah. And so you kind of organically got there is, you know, do you have veterans in your family that now? No, not not in my immediate family, but grandfathers certainly were. Yeah. My community, all of the kids that were from the local Fort base actually went to my high school. Yeah. So we had, I played a ton of sports and all those kids would be playing sports and then they would go to Huntsville or they would come from Germany. So you always had these 
families are always around you. I guess it was just sort of a natural thing, but no, yeah. not in my family. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you about your, you know, you being in that specific niche, because I want to, I want to kind of highlight something here, had this as my niche as well. Ironically, what's interesting about my particular niche in VA, it was jumbo and super jumbo VA, because I do, did a lot of congressmen and senators and people at the Pentagon. And I got tapped in and away I went with it, right? And so there was a lot of, you know, partial entitlement, double entitlement, things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that a lot of loan officers don't know. They think you have to have it all or nothing. And I don't want to go into product details or anything like that. But, you know, one of the things I do know, and I, well, I guess I want to ask you, I'm kind of leading you down a path, so I don't want to lead you down (laughs) <laughs> I want to see if you're doing this, but I don't want to really ask you if you're doing this. So inside of VA itself, those types of loans, is what kind of niche are you working inside of VA? Is I guess what I'm asking is because I worked at a mortgage company division of a bank, and we couldn't mm-hmm. do a VA loan less than a 640 credit score, period. Yeah. So that might be one of the reasons why you think you know some other lenders can't get it done is that's just what the bank's overrides are. So what niche are you finding that is really separating you from everybody else when it comes to VA? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not really a particular niche in terms of, I would say I'm not in the jumbo market at all. Credit score requirements, you know, I would say that I'm a 600, 620 above. It really depends on the complete picture. Now that I'm in the broker world, I think that I have a little bit more options. I want to say that's really the field that I play in, but really all the niches are just they're really just normal people buying and selling houses and they're just happen to be veterans in the VA loan. They've been told it's not a great loan product or the loan company they've gotten hooked up with the realtor is not, yeah. like you said, maybe they're not well-versed. But what I see a ton is that veterans are very heavily advertised to these big companies out there that they have their car insurance through or car notes where they bank with. Yeah. And my niche is being a real life person that they can meet or yeah. we can video and I'm not a call center. Right. And I will tell you that I've read the 26-7. That doesn't mean I have everything memorized, but I've read it. I know what we should be doing. And I understand that it's a different loan product than FHA. And I think a lot of people just lump stuff together. So I think it's just being that human person and knowing the guidelines, that's the niche. It's not, for me, we don't have, I'm not in that jumbo market. It's a lot of first-time home buyers. We do have people that are active duty and we're using their bonus entitlement because they own a house somewhere else as a starter home. So yeah, it's educating the clients and the real estate agent, honestly. Yeah. The so let's talk about the real estate so. agent because, you know, there's still, I mean, I can tell you, you know, 30 years ago, this was a problem <laughs> with realtors yeah. going, oh, it's a VA contract. The appraiser is going to be a pain in the butt. They're, they're so picky. They're so this or so that. So how have you learned to work around that or work with that or educate people right from the get-go so that you get more opportunities and your clients get more opportunities when they're making offers? Well, yeah. So I first started the business and I did it like everybody else. And I added like a thousand real estate agents to my Facebook friend list, you know, why not? And I started doing videos on Facebook about myths, 30 second, one minute, this myths about how the VA doesn't have. Yeah. So just started knocking those out. And this was my first year of the business. And so they were terrible quality and I don't know, but they were something. And so I was putting that out there and I finally got enough courage to host my first event and have like 40 or 50 real estate agents come to a two hour lunch and learn where we talked about all those myths in detail and had a PowerPoint slide and 
shaking in my boots because I had no idea what I was talking about. I had my mom in the background to like, right. hey, if they ask me a question, I don't know, like dive in. Right. <laughs> but that was the big thing. And what we really found is that real estate agents don't go to a school to teach you everything. All of their education and knowledge is coming from past experiences. And every real estate transaction has a different house, a different seller, a different buyer, different loan products. And there's a thousand variables that could like make that experience be great or make it not great. And I don't know if everybody really knows exactly what those are, but if I hit them with the facts about exactly the process and exactly how it's handled and why this is not worse, I have found that they want to listen. They want to be educated and they go, okay, that's how it used to be. But now Blake's the expert. So I get tagged on Facebook all the time to ask VA questions. I get random calls from listing agents. And so yeah, it's kind of just a little bit of word of mouth have taken off. And there's 5,000 real estate agents in Richmond. I love to talk to all of them, but you just are trying to hit as many as you can. And Facebook's been great for sure. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know, I mean, and we have a lot of reasons why we could be doing videos every day, you know, a daily um, digital deep dive, right? Where we're going online and talking about a lot of things. I love that you focused on myths in the transaction that are not so much myths that are for clients, but myths for realtors to understand because, you know, so many of it. And, you know, I always know when a realtor says VA is fussy about whatever, I know that they either have done a lot of deals, period, yeah. or they haven't done a lot of VA, right? And so they're just going yeah. back off in that, that history of what they're doing. Okay, so let's talk about, you said that you're working a lot with financial planners and attorneys and things like that. How did you go into that particular market and where does the niche of VA play in there or does it play in there? Is that just a secondary niche or not even a niche, but just a secondary revenue? Uh, yeah, I think it's, just, it's sort of just secondary. I think I make it pretty well known with all my groups of friends and relationships that VA is what I'm known for. So that is always in the back of people's mind. I have done a really good job of getting deep with my clients and we don't just talk about the rates or the fees of this transaction. First time home buyer, we might just have a very more basic conversation. But as I progressed my business and I worked with more sellers, first time right. home sellers who have options, what I found is that a lot of people aren't asked that question. They think they need to have a million dollars in the bank to get a financial advisor. And so they have an IRA or they have a 401k, but they don't have someone they're talking to. They just have maybe a parent, maybe a friend. And I'm able to ask some questions that I know from my background and from the people that I've you know, associated myself with that are thinking this way. And it's basic questions. And we start asking those things and undercovering, should we put more money down? You know, Maybe put less money down and pay this off? Or how are we saving appropriately? Or what does this do for our cash flow? And we start looking at a holistic picture. And I tell you, if I can get to people to have that conversation with me, those people, I don't ever lose them. You know, I'm an advisor to them at that point. I am not just a, in, an advocate of their well-being, their financial well-being. And if you run the numbers about home appreciation in Richmond, Virginia versus renting, right. I tell you that this is why people build wealth is owning a home. That makes sense. And so I have those same conversations with the financial planner, right? So it's like, hey, I'm already talking about this. I don't want to do your job. I don't know right. it like you do. But if I get people like that, or you have somebody like that, and we can have a deeper conversation, I'm going to take care of them. Honestly, I have not been getting leads from passing out referrals. I've done a terrible job of taking my personal clients and giving them to financial planners, but it's just talking to a handful of people that I know that have a good clientele base and telling them my story and why, and nobody else is really approaching them. So I'm not doing seminars, yeah. but just a handful of people that I've known previously or had coffees with and say, hey, like, 
So you catch those refinances, you catch divorces, you catch oh yeah, big life events that the financial yeah. planner doesn't know about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they don't call enough. Or your insurance agent, whom I was uh, just on the phone with right a few yeah. ago. We were catching up from like five years ago, and you know, and I was thinking, and I have been all the time thinking in the back of my mind. You know, he never calls. He sends you know the stupid birthday thing, right? Isn't yeah. even him signing it. But he's not really nurturing his database. You know, he's he's neglecting us and. He got the insurance policy and now it just kind of sits there. But I love that you're doing that. And I love that you're doing that sooner rather than later, because when I was practicing, 33% of my business came from financial planners and divorce attorneys. And the rest of it came from other, like realtors. Yeah. <laughs> like realtors I mean, right? and clients. So financial planners, divorce attorneys, CPAs, they're thinking of a client with a long-term basis as a relationship. Unfortunately, a lot of real estate agents because of the nature of the business is so transactional. And working with those you know, financial planners, you think relationship too. You don't think transaction. So it's a mindset for the long term. I'm not saying we don't want transactions. I want to do 15 deals every month. You know, That's my number that I would love to hit right now. But I want to think about how is this client a client for life? I don't want to have to win them back again in five years because they've never heard from me. Right. Cause they never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I love that. I, and I love that you're already taking that on, you know, early on in your career, because I think that's something that a lot of people have missed in this particular go around refinance booms, you know, as everybody's excited oh. because they're getting a lot of business because it's a I mean, same guilty to, you know, yeah, you know, happy day, about yeah. it. It's that short-term gain for the long-term pain because, yeah. you know, if you only do well because the market does well, that's not good, right? You want to do well all the time. And think about how much money is left on the table by not nurturing your database and actually having them call you all the time or you pick, you know, thankfully, maybe some of them called you, but where are the rest of them, right? Exactly. Okay. So I want to ask you about what's coming up for you in 2020. What's, what does it look like for you? What kind of changes are you making in your business switches or, you know, what are you trying to do in 2020? What is going on there? Just hired assistant. Congratulations. So marketing <laughs> slash loan officer slash I gave them your team yeah. <laughs> checklist. Yeah. And I said, hey, this is all between us right now. So everything is us. So, right. so it's a new person. So working with that, looking, I've been working out of the house. So I have an office. I just signed a lease on and hiring my own processors. I'm not using a corporate or, you know, company processors. Hiring a processor. So I have a lot of change. Really thinking about how I can be a great leader and delegate be able to grow my business. That's not just me hustling. I love to hustle. I really do. I love winning. I like every phone call, you know, gets me jacked up, but been able to sustain this business for a long term and not get burnt out or not, you know, want to kill yourself at, when you have a lose a deal. Right. You have to build a team and you have to have something that's greater than just that. So that's yeah. kind of my big focus on 2020. I, I really want to build that, that up and be able to right. focus and on the marketing and prospecting and a pipeline at the top. Yeah. to then grow the business I need support behind me. So that's kind of the big change for me. That's good. Yeah. Well, and it's great because you have the background, you know, having gone to the comm school, which, well, I mean, the commerce school, school of commerce, which is at UVA, which is the business school. Yeah. And that really helps too, because, you know, it puts you in a really good situation, you know, right out of the gate. I mean, I've learned probably more than you have. I'm going to say that. Probably yeah. learned yeah. more than you have at comm school, but it took me 35 years, not four. Yeah. <laughs> or two years at comm school, yeah. right? And, you know, so being able to be a real advisor to people is key and critical. And I'm sure that you've seen that with your family as well. Okay. So tell me about a growth hack. 
you know, so you're going to grow your business next year or somebody's listening and they want to grow their business. Give us a hack on some type of growth or something you do that you haven't talked about today yet. Growth hack. I think that uh, we have talked about a little bit. I think the video is like just staring us all in the face that that is the easiest way to get in front of more people at a quicker time period. Yeah. My other growth hack for me is organization. 100% in that I have to have a checklist and I would process. Six months ago, I took every application on a piece of paper that went into a file cabinet. And then I had to find that piece of paper and type it in. So I'm not doing that anymore, but I know that I have leaps and bounds to do in that. So those are going to be the two kind of things that I think are going to be the biggest bang for my time and money are going to be getting more videos done, but just because of the the masses it can hit. And also in that regard, the bomb bomb videos to clients so that I can talk to them and they can see my face, but we physically don't have to meet somewhere. And I'm like hyper-focused on organization. Like, and it's hard for me because that's not who I am, but I know that that's where I have to focus right now. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And this is a perfect time of the year. You know, while we're recording this, it's the first of November in 2019, you know, and it's a perfect time to be considering getting organized. So by the time that this podcast is released, we'll already be in the first part of the year. And if you didn't get organized, you want to get organized, right? <laughs> I think you talked about the refinance boom. I've had my fair share in June. I mean, I hit my whole entire database and the people that raised their hands and the opportunities I took them. But when I look at my yearly goals, I've already hit my yearly goals because of the refinances and I feel that I saved some money. So I'm okay if I can invest some back in the business right now. So I feel I don't need to go buy a new watch or car or shoes or like a new house. I'm going to take this money that I probably shouldn't have because rates should be higher and try to use that as like the gasoline to dump on my business. And so I just see it as a blessing that we can, um, yeah. I absolutely love that. And, you know, it's funny because I'm asked quite often on podcasts when I'm a guest, what advice would you give to yourself as a younger person? And the advice would be save, save, save. That's the yeah. advice. We have a tendency because we make so much money in this business that when we have the money, we spend, spend, spend. We yeah. get the fancy this and the fancy that. And I love that you have your values in play. You know exactly what is going to work for you and your family. And you know that's going to take you a really long way. And it's great that you're putting it back into your company and into your practice you know, so that you can continue to grow. Okay. So let me ask as we're finishing up here today, what is your favorite quote or a book that you are reading now or that you have read that you would like to share with everyone that you feel would be beneficial for them, either in personal or professional growth? So I'm not military. But obviously, I've been going to the VA loans, and I just read was it Jocko Wilnick's Extreme Ownership book, and he's like this gung ho former Navy SEAL, and what is he it called? Talks in his, it's called Extreme Ownership. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, basically, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you are in the chain of command or where you are in the process of life. That everyone takes extreme ownership of why things aren't correct, and that's how it works. Like things are going to be a lot better. So there's no blaming anybody else. You kind of when it's yourself first. And not that I didn't do that, but it's like you take it to the next level. You're like, hey, I'm not happy in my current situation. That's on me. And take I'm not, I don't like where right. I am right now. That's on me. Not doing anything is still a decision you're making. So even if you don't take any action, because that's still an action. That was big for me. I read a long time ago, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like everybody else uh-huh. book yeah. about how you yeah. invest in assets. And so that book makes you think about how you need to buy rental properties right away, which is a great strategy for long-term wealth as an asset. And I could never get there. I didn't want to put my money in the market, didn't have a lot saved up. I kind of hit me 
this past year that my greatest asset is my business. And so that's kind of back to my other thing. Like, this is an asset that I can own that's bigger than me than just hustling. And so let's figure out how to make it into the business, not just Blake's calling a lot of real estate agents so he gets leads today. Yeah, and it, it truly is. And that's a transformation that I'm hearing and seeing with everybody, you know, at all the conferences I'm at and all the calls I'm on. You know, it's a transformation that we're seeing is the transformation that we've had over the last several years because of TRID and, you know, all, all the messiness of all the compliances that loan officers need to be loan officers. Everybody needs an assistant. Let them do sales yeah. so that someone else can do something. But now it's transferred into and starting to transform into how do I be a better leader? How do I be a better business yeah. owner? And not just through attrition that I just happen to be the lead of a team, right? And mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that because. For years and years, I was a manager and a corporate trainer for major and national mortgage company on this very topic. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that because it really bothers me that there's so many people that don't have any leadership or management skills and yet they're leaders. And anyway, so it's just, it's one thing that I'm excited to see us transfer to. So thank you for sharing the book. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time today been great getting yeah, thank to know you. you a little bit better. And, you know, again, I love having people sharing something that they're doing that's unique and different. And, you know, if you're listening in and you're saying, hey, maybe that's something I could do, or maybe I wasn't really, I still haven't bought on to this whole niching opportunity. <laughs> this could be in a great example, you know, the catalyst that makes you go in that direction that says, you know what, maybe I do need to be an expert in one area instead of being trying to be an expert in a multitude of areas and not getting any business as a result of it. So thank you mm-hmm. again, Blake, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. And I did. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks for sharing your story. And for those of you listening, again, please be sure to rate us. Give us a five-star rating. Please be sure to write a review for us so that we can continue to grow. And I hope you make it a fantastic week. And we'll talk to you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's Lifetime Membership Program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.